Hello, just before we begin this week's episode, I'm walking a very special musical Camino in May 2024, and I'm inviting you to join me. Won't you join me? Won't you join me? I'm walking from Leon to Santiago de Compostela. In the first three weeks of May, I'll be performing concerts along the way. Pilgrims walking with me will pay a fee, and every cent will go towards making my new album, Storyteller. Won't you join me? We are already selling spots, so if you're interested, join now. Just go to danmullinsmusic.com. There's a list of frequently asked questions and a basic itinerary. Won't you join me? Won't you join me? Join me for a magical musical Camino. To reserve your spot, go to danmullinsmusic.com. Won't you join me? Won't you join me? Hello, welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins, and it's great to have your company for another walk through the countryside of pilgrimage. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're planning a Camino in the near future, slow down. Enjoy every step. It will be here before you know it, and you will be stepping onto the ancient path before you know it. Every step is a gift. Every breath an inspiration, every stride an opportunity to grow, to move closer to a better you. For most of us, the Camino is an opportunity to travel, and travel is one of life's great joys. I'm a homebody by nature, but I still love to travel. I love to see the world. I love meeting people. I love hearing their stories, their motivations, their challenges. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll know I like to draw stories out of my guests. And sometimes we're surprised by the stories within. Sometimes we surprise ourselves by our achievements. And sometimes we're surprised we were able to achieve what we set out to achieve. So the combination of that love and adventure and travel, coupled with a desire to experience more from travel, leads to pilgrimage. And the best place to stride out on that journey, is El Camino de Santiago. 80,000 kilometres or 50,000 miles of pilgrimage twisting and turning throughout the hills and valleys of Europe. Often pilgrims find themselves part of a Camino family, a coming together of a group of kindred spirits. And more often than not, it's simply a group of other pilgrims who walk at the same pace. You end up walking together. I was lucky enough back in 2022 to walk with my family, my wife and two youngest sons. I don't think I truly appreciated the significance of that pilgrimage until just now. Writing about it, I'm kind of delighted about it. Walking with family. Brad Henry is an American politician. I don't know anything about him, really. He was governor of Oklahoma for a while. He's great quote. He said, families are the compass that guide us. They are the inspiration to reach great heights and our comfort when we occasionally falter. Well, I received a message from the American pilgrim Tim Gaffney a few years ago, and we continued to stay in touch. Tim's a musician like me, 
and he sent me a magic song he'd written inspired by the Camino. It's called Heartbeat of the Stars, and I'll play it for you at the end of the podcast. The lyrics in the chorus are, Come along with me, we'll set our spirits free, and I'll give you all I am. All I am. Well, our most recent emails have included Tim's family. Tim and his family walked the Camino together and alone. So I thought we'd chat not only to Tim, but to his family as well. Families are the compass that guide us. They are the inspiration to reach great heights and our comfort when we occasionally falter. So Tim's on the line from North Carolina. Hi, Tim. Welcome, Pilgrim. Hey, Dan. How are you? Tim's wife, Corey, is in the same house, but in a different room. Hey, Corey. Welcome, Pilgrim. Hi, Dan. And Hyatt is there, son Hyatt. Hey, welcome, Hyatt. Good to speak to you, Pilgrim. Hey, glad to be here. And last but certainly not least, Tim's and Corey's daughter, Kate, is on the line from Oviedo in Spain, where it's the middle of the night. Welcome, Pilgrim. Thank you very much for having me. Kate, I'm going to start with you ladies first. Take us back to 2019. You're 15, Hyatt's 17, and you walked the Camino del Norte from Soto de Luño, all the way to Santiago. What do you remember of that family Camino? What do I not remember? Um, (laughs) There were so many beautiful memories that took place over that incredible trip that I really have to thank my father for coordinating and uh, really getting my brother and I excited was incredibly easy. We grew together as we walked through the most beautiful areas in the world, in my opinion. We shared stories and we shared delicious foods and we met people together who got to see not only us as individuals, but how we interact with one another. And I think that a lot of people got to see what a wonderful, beautiful, true family looks like. Yeah, how fantastic. And Kate, do you remember when you were asked to go or was it just kind of like a family discussion, we're going to go or did mum and dad say? This was a discussion, I believe. uh, It it was, you know, I had heard of my dad's incredible incredible time and he came back so excited and I knew that one day he was going to rally us all up and we were going to go. I didn't know it was going to be that soon, the next year, but I am so thankful that it was because... We were all excited. It was really just a vacation. Like, we're going here. Okay, we're going. So, Tim, what inspired you and Corey to take the family on the Camino Norte? Well, I had no, I think Corey and I had both known about the Camino for a long time and had thought about it. Of course, we saw the movie the way like everybody else, but Corey has family in Spain and in Barcelona. You know, when I had the opportunity to do the Camino in 2017 and do the Portuguese, I was at this place in my life where I needed to get away. And I remember going in and talking to my business partner and say, hey, I, I really, I've got to get away. I need a break. And he goes, yeah, yeah you need a long weekend. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm going to Spain and uh, Spain and Portugal. So having done that Camino and having really had a hard time, but then having a wonderful time and completing and coming home, uh, Dan, just like when the first time I heard your first broadcast, I was in that same spot. And I came home and and it's all I wanted to talk about. And I knew then that I wanted my family. I wanted to go with the kids and go with Corey and have that opportunity to just to grow like that and to work. I mean, it's as everybody knows, it's um, I love I love the struggle of it all. And at the same time, um, my favorite parts are those moments when, when we're when we're done 
we're completing the day or we stop for lunch and we can, I can see my kids and we can all just kind of gather together. Those were the, those were great times. So Corey was so excited when I brought it up and, and it wasn't hard to enroll the kids. So do you remember Tim where you first heard about the Camino? Yeah. Uh, the first time I heard about the Camino was in the eighties. I had a friend uh, named Justine uh, who had been telling me about it. And so she referenced it. And I remember us, you know, kind of talking about it and, and somehow looking it up or something. And honestly, Dan, uh, I was in the Navy out in San Diego back then. It was something that she would do. It would not be anything that I would ever do. You mm-hmm. know, man, walk, go over to Spain and walk across Spain. I mean, you know, I just that wasn't what we did in our family. You know, my, my extended family, let me say, I'm a little bit of a different nut than the rest of them. But it was a it was an easy thing once we uh, once I really had the opportunity and saw that I could do this. It's uh, and again, just like you and like a lot of the people that listen to this podcast, I just want to go again and again. Yeah, right. And Corey, you come in here, you must have loved it because you're going back to walk the Frances later this year. Why do you think the Camino resonated with you? Well, partly, I think because it is in Spain, I've been really fortunate. Um, I, my dad's youngest brother moved to Barcelona in the 70s, and I was 12 the first time I went and visited my family there, his wife, who's Spanish, and they had a little uh, baby girl, and then I went with my grandmother. So we went, and I spent a month in Barcelona, and I went to language school, and um, I've gone back as often as I could to visit my family. And um, I've lived with them at different times in my life. And I remember um, I traveled through Spain in the early 90s. And um, and it was the and I was up along the Camino. I was in Pamplona. I was in Bilbao. Um, and I was in Burgos. And, you know, I remember hearing about the Camino. It was the year of the Jacobeo. So I knew a little bit about that. At the time, I could not imagine what that was like to, even though I was backpacking through Europe, even though I was traveling and spending time there to, to walk 500 miles just felt something really, uh, I don't know, outside the norm for me. So when Tim suggested it and then we all go as a family, uh, I couldn't have been more excited, just could not have been more excited. Hi, you were just 17, 17 year old boy, oh, young man. What did you make of it? I guess I kind of just looked at it as like a big vacation. I mean, I, I didn't really have, I didn't really think of it as a spiritual way or I didn't resort to it as that. But I mean, I guess I just thought that like, oh, we're going to go overseas. And we had done Spain trips before. So I was kind of familiar with traveling overseas. And and we've always been a pretty active family. So the idea of, you know, doing hiking and wasn't that, wasn't too foreign to uh to me. So you know, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm looking forward to going back and doing it by myself. But I think um, I think it was a good, like, I got a good baseline for, you know, what it's like, you know, what you're going to kind of go through, that, that type of lifestyle. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just a, a good introduction to, to kind of how you should handle doing some some backpacking overseas. So fortunate for it. Yeah. So how, just on that then, did you train together as a family? Did you all encourage one another or did you notice that maybe Kate wasn't doing as much walking as you were or your mum wasn't doing? Like, did you train together or were you aware of how well or how perhaps not as well you were training? We were all pretty active. I mean, I remember, you know, me and my sister would go on hikes together and we would 
argue and bicker about when 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 we should turn around and i would it would pretty much be her more it would usually be her asking to turn around sooner <laughs> um but we fortunately you know when it came time to actually walk we we both had plenty of stamina and we were able to to push through but i mean you know like i said fortunately we've always been pretty active and we've always done walks and hikes you know even for as long as i can remember we i but really we never we never set out and started hiking. We never did any like 13 or 14 mile hikes. Really. I don't think unless I'm crazy wrong before we went. Um, so that was kind of new. Um, you know, the first couple of days and I think the second day, uh, was our longest day of the Camino in general. So, I mean, but no, we were all, we all would hike together and sometimes with packs, sometimes without packs, but yeah, we were all in pretty decent shape leading up to it. So, yeah. Kate, let me ask you, the Norte is not an easy Camino. In fact, you're living up that way right now. You know the coastline better than anyone. It's it's not an easy walk, is it? It's very up and down. Oh, it is treacherous. It is um, <laughs> it is hellacious at times. Sorry, it, 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 it was beautiful and every single valley and mountain was worth the climb, but it is by no means an easy walk. Um, but I had been running since like fourth grade. I was a avid cross country and track gal. So these legs have been through some pretty strenuous activity, but it's a, it's a new type of workout. It's a new type of way that you're carrying this weight. Um, and you're walking up routes that are very unfamiliar to you. So you're sometimes a bit distracted by by the views and i think that at times it settles the pain a little bit which is really very necessary yeah right the views taking in some of those extraordinary vistas i've i've not done the norte but i've seen lots of pictures and it's breathtaking some of those views kate did you swim in the ocean oh yes yes during the first few days of our camino we had some fun on the beach especially just walking in the sand really relaxing our 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 muscles um but you have to take advantage of it of these blue green almost mediterranean sea looking waters it's good for the soul it's good for the body salt water after a long walk right absolutely that ocean water heals every single part of you almost oh Corey, let's go back to you i, I want to talk about something and i want your perspective on it tim and music uh, at the end of the podcast i'm going to play a heartbeat of the stars and when I listened to it, I thought, ah, oh, here's somebody who's done a lot of songwriting, done a lot of playing, and, and is obviously a dedicated musician. Tell us about music and the Gaffney family, Corey. Oh, I always, um, my music tastes are so much better since I met my husband. <laughs> I've always loved music, <laughs> but uh, I would say I liked a lot of pop music for the most part. When I met Tim, he opened up a whole world of music to me that I really hadn't explored before. And um, I think one of our first dates, we went back to his um, house and he said, oh, I bet a couple of my friends are going to be here. We hang out and just play guitars together. And sure enough, we walked into his house and there were his friends waiting you know, for him to come in and play guitars with him. And so it's, it's really... Um, I mean, I've seen Tim play out several times. Um, I've seen him, he just has a passion for everything about music, whether it's 
going and listening to bands, playing his own music, writing his own songs, you know, going to um, like music camps and songwriting camps and studying with other artists and musicians um, is just really, it is the essence of who he is um, in his soul and in his core. And uh, we even named our son uh, Hyatt is named after the musician John Hyatt. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a Little Faith in Me by John Hyatt is one of my favorite songs of my entire life. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. Tim put that on a, um, a mixtape he made for me when uh, when we were dating along with another one of his songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember tape, Dan? <laughs> that, that, that song has got me through some really, really tough times in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I love it so much. All right, Tim, so back to you. Uh, how did music, where did it start, mate? Where Where... Where did the love of music come from? Oh, I think it came from my mom. I think it came from my mother and it came from my mom's family. Uh, they, uh, they, um, I grew up in this house and long, well, all of my family is really Southern. Everybody's from the South and the whole family migrated to Long Beach, California in the late fifties where I was born. All I heard, uh, you know, it was, it was my mother and I and all of my aunts and uncles and, and, and grandparents and in the mornings, you would just hear music. And what I heard growing up was primarily gospel, black and white gospel. And I heard the blues, and I heard the blues, and I heard the blues. There was some country, but primarily in that household, it was the blues playing when I was a little kid. So, you know, I remember going to school, you know, and talking to kids when I was six, seven, eight years old. And they're talking about Hermans and the Hermits and the Rolling Stones and everything else. And I'm, I, I really didn't know I, who they were. I mean, I knew who Muddy Waters was and Jimmy Reed and <laughs> things like that. So I learned, but uh, yeah, music was just, uh, I, I think it was just born into me. My mother could really sing and she liked to write. She really never did anything with it, you know? And so for me, it's like, um, I, I just, I've always had it in me. I've always wanted to be a bigger part of my life. I, uh, you know, when I started this business that I have, you know, it's like my friend says, I met Mr. Have to every day. And uh, going and meeting Mr. Haftu didn't leave a lot of room for me in music. Mm. And so I put it really on the back burner for a long time. And uh, But it's always been important to me. I mean, Corey will tell you, we've gone to so many festivals and we have a lot of friends that are musicians. And, you know, my daughter is a, is a really good singer and a musician in her own right. And uh, my son loves music. And, uh, and it's just our whole house at, at our house, from the time the kids were little, We've all listened to every kind of music because, you know, I went through, I've had to go through every, just like you, Dan, I'm sure with your children, you go through every phase of music, yeah, yeah. you know, with them. Yeah. And uh, it's cool. It's cool when they finally graduate to actually start liking the stuff that you like, you know, that's kind of nice, you know, so that's, that's been pretty cool, but they've, uh, it's just always been important to me. And, and uh, I guess you could say it's like how I feel God in a lot of ways. I feel the creator when I know that I've, I've written something or I'm playing something that's unique and it rings in my heart, um, that's the closest that I can get to the creator. Wow, that's fantastic. I have questions about the family and the family faith coming up in a, in a little while. But Corey, I just want to go back to you because Tim's song, Heartbeat of the Stars, which we'll play at the end of the podcast, the chorus says, come along with me, we'll set our spirits free and I'll give you all I am, all I am. What did you learn about your family as you all walked the Camino together, Corey? Oh, 
Dan, it was so special to do it together as a family and to just, you know, every day walking together and, you know, we would split up from time to time, but, you know, you have to be really resourceful on the Camino. And I think that's why people, whether they hike, you know, uh, maybe it's one or two people together, people that go solo. I think that that's why they create their own families on the Camino. You know, everybody, like a lot of people talk about, oh, I met my Camino family. Um, I have this Camino family. And, you know, we were a family and then we met other people and we kind of joined together and we did have a Camino family. But in terms of our own family, I think I was just really proud of them. Mm -hmm. You know, for the most part, there wasn't a lot of complaining. I think the first few days were really hard for all of us. I I remember thinking to myself, okay, I've done three days on the Camino. I I get it. Like, I'm not sure I need to do any more. <laughs> I remember you saying that. At the end, when it was over, I wanted to just keep going. Like, I was like, no, it yeah. can't be over yet. But um, but I was just really proud of them. And to see, you know, Hyatt and Kate really push through some hard some hard things. I think, um, you know, Kate got a little sick during it. Hyatt started off a little sick and, um, and to just see them push through it. And we did it together as a family. Yeah. So, and people were really kind along the way too. Uh, they would share stories about their own family or they would say, it was kind of one or two things. Uh, sometimes it was like, Oh, that would be so great to do with my family. Sometimes it was like, I could never get my family to do this. Um, so I did feel lucky in the sense that I, I, we didn't get a lot of pushback from our kids when we said, you know, this is what we'd like to do. You know, what do you think? But there wasn't too much pushback. Yeah. Well, Spain had already been a big part of your lives anyhow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How wonderful. Kate, I want to go back to you now. Um, tell, us, tell us about arriving in Santiago as a family. Oh, wow. That was a, it was a beautiful day. I believe we arrived mid-afternoon, early evening. Um, And the memories are so fresh because I've been lucky to visit that city a few times now. But I think that that was one of my favorite trips of of the time. And I believe it was something that felt so almost rejuvenating. Like we had made it so far, you get this kind of burst of energy and you don't know where to put it. Hmm. And so you start to grieve a little bit because you've, you're have you supposed to have reached the, the best part of the trip when you arrive, when you look back and you realize that all of that work was worth it. And so you are extremely, extremely motivated in this area. And then to know that you don't have to take it along with, you don't have to get any further, you don't have to go to Musha or Finisterre, it's a bit sad because you realize all of those times that uh, that you you spent complaining or or that you were hurting, you just want to go back and relive. It happens like so fast, and everything it kind of is is a, is a the Camino just flashes before your eyes. Um, so it's such a it's such a sweet sensation, but it's one that you want to hold on forever. And so that day, we got our little passport stamps and our declaration what was it i don't know our little thing um and you know you just you kind of start grieving i'm not gonna lie it was a beautiful day until you realize that 
this is the end. Yeah. And then you celebrate. You get ice cream. You go meet around the city with your friends. You stay in a nice hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and you just sit with yourself and, 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 you know, look back on the trip. And enjoy every second of it. Yeah, how wonderful! Hi, I'm going to go back to you now. Your dad wrote to me while a while back to say the Camino has made me a better person, and has given me the time to reflect on my life and to dream about the future. I am so grateful for all three I have done, especially the Norte with my family. It was hard and a blast. Hi, have you seen a change in your family as a result of walking the Camino? That's a that's a good question. I mean, I think, you know, when it comes to my dad, I think when he initially went and did the Portugal route, um, I think he left at a good time. I know there was some stuff going on in this work life that wasn't too easy to deal with. And I think, you know, that first trip was really important for him, not only in his business life, but just, you know, even for his life back home. You know, I think obviously if he doesn't go on that trip, I doubt we all go as a family, you know, that quick. Or even if we did end up going all as a family, I don't think we would have still had the same experience considering that, you know, we had him going and he was already so familiar with how stuff kind of works on on the Camino. So, I mean, I think probably I've seen it, you know, the most in in my dad. But, um, you know, also my, I mean, my sisters, what you've hiked on it at least three times maybe one for not as long, but you at least spent three sessions walking. So, I mean, you know, I think I, I see stuff in her as well. You know, I think that and she's probably matured some, and I think the Camino could have a lot to do with that. You know, she meets really good people, I think, and I'm sure she's had a lot of learning lessons, uh, good and bad. So, you know, I think really probably I, I give it to my, 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 dad and mom i think the or dad and kate the most just because they have the most experience out there mm. and yeah 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 hey kate you're now based in spain you're talking to us from oviedo are you aware of the camino regularly while you're in spain do people talk about it is it is it part of the kind of common culture well I am reminded of it every single day. As a on one of my commutes, I walk past the origin of the Camino here in Oviedo. All the signs, all the shells, the golden shells that just bring me that little burst of oh, excitement and stuff. Um, among the citizens of Oviedo, it's not something that you would like expect to hear about in the streets just because we all live here we're we're um we're standing still you know we're not on the way but i think if anyone is near me they know about the camino because <laughs> i am i'm i'm i i'm a tourist i'm like i don't know i sell it i sell it and so in the actual streets of oviedo only on the signs and in the shells on the street but uh and the pilgrims of course, yes. I get very jealous every single time that I see someone with a large backpack walking through the street. Sometimes it motivates me to just grab mine. But but no, it's very alive, but maybe not in like the citizens who live in the town. Yeah, I guess that's one of the things, isn't it, that we wander through observing yeah. the culture. You know, I sometimes call it slow tourism, you know, so kind of step-by-step -step mm. traversing of the culture and the people. And we're very heightened 
or have a very heightened sense of what's around us, whereas the people in they're just going about their daily lives, going to do the shopping, going to school, you know, whatever. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I'm just trying to order a coffee and these people have been sat at their table for the last 20 years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, I, I love that aspect of it, that we are going to travel through their lives. In some cases on the Francaise, you're walking through people's backyards. Absolutely. You're walking between their tractor shed and their, and their cow shed, you know, like their milking shed. <laughs> so you're actually on their property. It's, it's amazing. Tim, I'll, I want to go back to you. Tell us about the song Heartbeat of the Stars. How, where and when did you write it? That song started as, uh, in the very beginning, that song started uh, after I had come off a, a four-day vision quest uh, with some friends up in North Georgia. And I'm a part of this beautiful community of people that do some native ceremony. So it, it sort of had the origins in that because there's a, there's a fellow there that's one of our great friends uh, who kind of leads us. And when I think about the come along with me, we'll set our spirits free. It's what he's always done for me in, in, in walking this path with him. And then, but when I got to the Camino and I got to the Portuguese, again, I had a really great time, but I had a very hard time because I had a stress fracture within about two or three days. And, uh, and it was, uh, it was bad. And I, but also I was committed, uh, to continue. And, and I had, did have to stop for a couple of days. When I finally got going again, I stayed two days in Bigo, a day and a half in Bigo and rested there. And then the next day, I think I had to walk to Ponferrada, if I remember that correctly. Oh, not Ponferrada, I'm sorry. I, I can't remember the town right now, but I got to this place and I met these guys. And when they saw my foot, I was icing my foot. You know, I remember they all looked away. They're all like, Ooh. And, uh, and I, I just looked at them like, you know, I don't know if I can continue. And this one guy, this one young guy who is still a good friend from Porto, Portugal, he says, you will you will finish the Camino. St. James will show you the way. And the way he said it, you know, it was like this young guy. And I'm like, I'm following you, dude. You know, and I did. And so it was with his cousin and other friends. And we just had the most magical last four or five days. One of the fellows that I met had told me a story standing on a Roman bridge about a tragic thing that had happened in his life. And it was so devastating. And he, he basically made me feel that he had walked three Caminos in three years trying to get over this suffering and this horrible thing that had happened to him and his family. And one of the things that he said is, I don't know how many more of these I have to do so I can just get off the floor. And that just kind of hit me. And, uh, and that song just kind of like poured out, you know, you know how it happens sometimes. And I just, I kind of like, and, and then I remember, you know, one morning getting up and, and, and seeing the stars as I was walking and I'm like, you know, and you know how it is so early in the morning and the yeah. stars look like right on top of you. And, 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 you know, it was the heartbeat of the stars. And so that was the that was the genesis. Uh, those two things, the the red road and then the uh, the Camino uh, was the genesis. And meeting that fellow and hearing his story of suffering and wondering how how long, you know, and the joy of it, but also the journey. It was it was just a, the the song is is really about it is really about 
the journey of taking people along with you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Corey, when you hear one of Tim's songs, what do you hear? Do you hear his aching, his sharing? What's it like to hear somebody sing a song like that so personal and that person being so special to you? You know, I think, Dan, when this through Tim's songwriting and through his music, he really um, is able to express so much of, um, you know, a lot of times it's like the human condition. And so it's the suffering, but it's also, it's usually really positive too. So it's like the bitter and the sweet together. And, um, and he is a very vulnerable songwriter and really shares his heart um, and has a lot, a, a big spirit of generosity around music. Mm. Mm. And, and so it is kind of cool to know some of the, like some of the backstory of how he writes some of his songs or what, you know, what kind of led to those songs. Yeah. I, I find songwriting is a lot like storytelling um, because you, you have to be motivated to write the song. You know, sometimes I can think of something, it'll wake me up in the middle of the night and I just sit, I sit upright in bed and grab my phone. These days I used to write on a piece of paper. These days I just get my phone and open the voice memo and sing and, and talk yep. into the phone and then just put it back and go back to sleep. And other times someone will say something to me in a bar at a gig or maybe I'll see something on television or something in the news. It's, it's interesting how you get all these different concepts. Tim, you said to me in, in an email, which I've, I've never heard the term before, it struck me as a really good idea, but I wanted to leave it with you because you said it to me. But you wrote in an email that the family Camino Norte was a spot weld moment in our, in our lives. What's a spot weld moment? It's, a friend told me that one time, and I swear that's one of the, my favorite things. And I've said that to so many people. And today you say that to people that are like, well, what is a spot weld? And I'm like, well, a spot weld is, you know, I was an electrician in the Navy and, uh, uh, and I worked on computers and stuff and, you know, and I was, a, and sometimes you would have to weld chips and stuff like that. And you make, you know, in your spot weld, you're bringing things together and you create this moment. You're creating this one thing that holds everything together. And in creating those spot weld moments in our lives, that Camino for us as a family was a spot weld moment. It's one place in time that my kids, when I'm long gone, my kids will tell their kids about and their kids about and uh and so yeah this i just i've always lo loved that term yeah spot weld moments yeah i really love that that's fantastic Hyatt, i want to go back to you what makes the camino more than just a long walk your dad just talked about spot weld moment there the fact that you'll tell your children and grandchildren potentially about this experience you had with your family why do you think the camino affects us so much what is it about it that makes it more than just a long walk? Well, I think it gives you a bunch of opportunities to do a lot of different things. I think the fact that, you know, people go for different reasons is really cool. You know, it's not usually, not everyone goes for the exact same reasons. Some people really like the social aspect. You know, kind of like my dad was saying a little bit ago, some people have something pop up in their lives and they feel like they need to get away. So I think it's it's really cool that it allows a bunch of people to kind of share the same thing, but maybe they're not there for the same reason. I, obviously, the people that you meet is 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 really awesome. I think everyone's 
everyone's pretty much accepting to to meeting new people and you know i'm sure i know dad you've talked to me about how sometimes you know you can sometimes sense if if someone doesn't necessarily want to be talked to but usually everyone's pretty cool and you know you can you can talk with a bunch of people i just think the the opportunities that you have to to kind of walk either with people or or on your own to you know have all that time to to really think and the the things you see the good food that you get to to eat and drink you know i think that's really special and i think uh you know walking so many miles a day however you want to do it you know if you want to shelter your pack or carry your pack i think it's just i think it's just really cool that you know it's it's pretty accessible for you know a lot of people and yeah, I think just think there's different opportunities for for everyone, and I think it's just really opening and communal for for everybody. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're heading back later this year, correct? Yeah. Where and when, and what in, what Camino are you walking? So that'll be the Frances starting in Saint John Peterbor. Is that how would you say it? Mm-hmm. Saint John. So yeah, I leave the states May seventh, and I'll be spending what. Uh, two three four days in barcelona and then taking a train to france and then i'll be ending in in santiago so definitely looking forward to that looking forward to, to doing it on my own yeah i wouldn't oh yeah i i was i i would probably say if if i had the the choice to do it with a family member or my uh myself i'd probably pick myself uh this time around but um hopefully i'll have a, <laughs> hopefully i'll have other chances to do it with um you know, my family again, or whoever it is, it could be everyone or just one or two, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, I think it'll be a good time. Um, I think I'm going, I mean, I, I'm definitely going because it'll be a nice long vacation. I'm up for the challenge. I think, I mean, walking that far in a relatively limited amount of days isn't necessarily the easiest thing. So I think it'll be a, it'll be a good challenge and uh, looking forward to meeting a bunch of people looking forward to just, being uh being in Europe for uh, a good bit of my summer, so good on you! How hopefully. fantastic! And you are walking alone. You're going to arrive and and head off on your own. You're not, yeah, not taking my, pals. Yeah, I do not have any. Wow! As of now, and more than likely, I will be showing up alone. So. Yeah, great. Yeah. Oh wow, you're in for quite the adventure. That's fantastic. How great! And Kate, you've been back a couple of times, and meeting the Frances is not too far from you as well. I think you did a little bit of the Frances. Was it late last year? Yes, it was. It was a break that I had in December. I did it for about five five days. And if I can go on about that a little bit more. Of course, I'd love you to. I'll tell you, I'll tell you about how revisiting those spots that I had been almost two years prior was one of the most memorable and I think powerful things that I, I learned of, of 2023. Because on the trip that I had done those two years prior, um, I just turned 18. I started in St. John Peterbor. That was my that was my Frances. I did it alone as well. And uh, I uh, on on the trip in December, I revisited the exact towns that I had been to with my Camino family. That will <laughs> forever be my 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 Camino family, and. Uh, going back to those spots and seeing how differently they are not only in winter, but without 
your friends, without your family there, it taught me to just, you have to be in the moment at all times. And I really want to emphasize this to, to my brother and my mom as they come up on their next trip. Um, because I think so much of my time back in 2021 was spent worrying about the trail, where I will end up, who I'm chasing, who I am following. And I just wish that I could have had a little bit more time to breathe in the air and realize that one day I might come back and none of these people will be here. Maybe the the hostel won't exist anymore. That store will be closed. And I just, uh, I really emphasize on locking in, staying there. And um, yeah, it was a wonderful little trip that I got to experience. Um, I knew that moving to Oviedo, I was going to have a few more Camino experiences, obviously, because I have to take advantage of how close it is. And that was perfect to kind of put me in the mindset of like, okay, now you're in Oviedo, uh, return to that mindset, be here now, um, because one day you'll be back, your friends won't be here, and you'll be wishing that you would stay just a little bit longer. Wow. What a great answer. I love that. Yes. <laughs> we should be treasuring those precious moments, shouldn't we? Time. Time just races by so quickly. Wow. Corey, I mentioned earlier about faith and, and faith playing a big part in the Gaffney family. Uh, tell us about the faith and the faith you share and the faith you hope that continues to, to, to be a buoyant part of your shared, your shared life together. Tell us about faith, Corey. Oh, wow. When Tim and I, um, we had been married a couple of years and, um, and we actually have, um, we have another daughter and her name actually is Isabella Faith. She only lived 10 days. She was born with a, a terrible congenital heart defect. Oh. And we knew it prior to um, prior to her birth. And Dan, you know, what I can tell you about Isabella is, um, is she was loved by so many people every second of her life. People prayed for her. She was held in love. Um, not many people got to see her. She, she was in the hospital. And, you know... I think that Tim and I, and um, we've always tried to teach our kids that faith is what gets you through those really, really difficult times. So we feel so incredibly lucky. I've always felt that she chose, Isabella chose Tim and I to be her family and her parents. We had faith that we would have a family, that we would have more children, that, um, and, you know, we've always tried to just teach them, you're going to go through really hard things in life. And there's going to be things that you think, you know, I can't get through this. Like, how could I get through something like that? And I don't have the answers to how, but I have the faith that we'll get through that, that, you know, and um, gosh, when Kate was talking about, you know, just being present to the moment, I think that, you know, certainly she brought a big, she, there's a, she has a big presence in our life now. She, we were very present at that time with her and, um, and our children have, you know, Hyatt and Kate know her uh, in the sense, and they've always grown up knowing that they've had an older sister. You know, we just, I think, carry a little bit of her and I get a lot of faith from her. You know, mm. we, we chose her name intent, very intentionally. Yeah. So, Yeah. 
Isabella Thank Faith. You. Isabella Faith. What a beautiful name. What a beautiful story. I, I guess faith is one of those things, isn't it, Corey? It gives us strength. It gives us a common bond. And it gives us a common goal. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult word to define in a way. Mm. Um, I've always felt a connection and uh, really to a higher power, to God. And, you know, walking the Camino and sometimes it's really, really hot and sitting in those churches and just feeling, there's a feeling there. And I don't think you have to be religious to experience that. Just knowing that people have walked on the same path for thousands of years or, you know, that there's something about the continuity and we're just here for such a short period of time in the whole history. And I think that's one thing that the Camino really makes clear is you see things that are so old and Australia, like the United States, it's been inhabited for a long time. It's still um, kind of a newer country since, you know, as compared to Europe and Spain. There's something about when I think about the Camino, though, and having the faith that when you start, you know, you're going to be able to finish. There are some moments where it might not feel like that. And um, yeah. Mom, can I help define faith? Yes. If that's okay. Of course. I think faith is a promise. Because if you have faith in anything, you are still here. And so I use that as when I'm asking questions to the creator and when I'm doubting myself and I'm doubting this life that I have, I'm still here. And I know that because of that, there is a reason that I don't need to see to believe, but nonetheless, it is exactly why I'm asking these questions and why I'm finding reason to create meaning for them, that it is because I'm right here. I, I think that it's so simple that it's almost profound. If I'm questioning anything, it means that I am here. And it means that something was written for me to go through this. And, you know, every story has its ending, no matter what. Um, whether you create it in your head, whether it is written down on paper. And I think that that is what has guided our family through so much. All the hardships we've gotten through together now, I didn't know my parents, obviously, until I was born, <laughs> but everything that they had been through before that led them to this, this period right now. And so I see faith in our family as a promise, a promise to each other and a promise from the creator that uh, we are here right now and we are going through everything because we have to, because we are here. Wow. What a great answer. How extraordinary. Wow, that's amazing, Kate. And Hyatt, what great insight from you too. And Corey and Tim, my gosh. Well, we've met the whole family. We've even met Isabella Faith, spent some time with the Gaffneys. As you know, you've all listened to the podcasts. I kind of ask you to tell us a Camino story. Would you like to tell me a Camino story each? Or has one of you said, no, I'll tell the best. Let me tell the story. What do you want, what do, you want to do, Tim? Uh, I think we all have a pretty good story. Fantastic. Maybe we should just do it. Okay. Love you Let's do it. I'll start it off. Great. I'll have to say, man, I was, when my foot was hurting on the Camino Portuguese, I decided to do a 19 mile day on my third day. And I, I developed that stress fraction. 
The next morning I woke up uh, and I started walking. I, I had cream. I probably had about a thousand milligrams of ibuprofen in me. I might even have a couple of beers by noon, you know, to try to deal with the pain. I'm, I'm on the coast. I'm doing the coastal and it's November. There's not a lot open, you know, so I wind up in this little town and I see that there's a, a, a small pension. So I, I was actually on booking and, I, and they said, yeah, there's one room left, you know, the way they do. I wind up going up there and knock on the door and uh, no answer. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to have to walk another six or seven K. And uh, all of a sudden the lady comes to the door and she says, yes, we have a room. And her daughter speaks English. And, and they put me in this really nice room with this incredibly big bathtub. I couldn't believe it. So I was able to like really chillax. And, and, uh, and I told them what was going on with my foot. And I was asking them, you know, where's a good place to eat? And the young girl says, oh, you have to, my, you're not leaving. My mother cooks the best food in all of Spain. I'm like, sold. The short story of this is I had the most amazing lunch. I had this dinner that night. I, I really didn't want to walk into town, you know, and, and so this lady came to me and she said, uh, and, and with her, her daughter, translating, what would you like to eat? And I said, well, what do you have? And I don't know what I said, but she brought out meat, pork, and fish, and everything that went along with it. So I had this amazing meal, and a few people were straggling in. And they were just so kind to me. And then, uh, like a grandfather figure came up to me, and I could tell he didn't speak English. And and he and he 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 brought out a bottle, and it was a woven bottle about yay big, and uh, and and I knew that he was offering me a drink, and so. He poured, he poured a little sifter for him and for me, and he brought it up, and we did a toast. And of course, I slugged this thing back, and uh, which was the wrong thing to do. Uh, and uh, and he he started laughing because it was it was a it was basically I, I cannot remember the name of it, Dan. Maybe you know, but it's like they're it's almost like the Galician moonshine, oh, yeah, or, or Portuguese, yeah. And so you know, I I took this, so he laughed, and we did another one, and. The next morning I got up, had this amazing breakfast. I had, I felt so much love from this one family. And then I start walking and I, and I'm taking this crazy trail. My foot feels a little better. I get, and I'm ready to check into my, uh, albergue. And right as I'm realizing I don't have my passport, my Camino passport, I get a phone call. It's the family saying that I had left my passport. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll come back. And no, 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 you stay right there. They had to drive around these mountain roads for like 45 minutes. They brought me my passport and they would not take a dime for gas. They, you know, and, and I just thanked them profusely. And then, you know, and then they left and came back. This whole amazing experience, including me leaving my passport. It just, when I talk about the Camino, that's one of the most beautiful stories that I that I personally experienced. So this family taking care of me. That's great. Yeah, yeah, how fantastic. And what an awful feeling to think that you've left it behind or you've lost it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was such a relief. Yeah, that's an yeah. awful feeling. What about you, Corey? Do you have a Camino story? Oh, I do, Dan. Um, it was one afternoon uh, and we had finished walking for the day and it was really, really hot. Um, and I wish I could remember the name of the monastery, but it's on the it's on the Norte. And um, and that's where we it's a municipal albergue. And so we went into the uh, into the monastery and um, 
oh my gosh, they were renovating the church portion. So you actually like the the sleeping areas, they had about six beds in these in the in the rooms where the monks had originally slept. And um, I think the walls must have been about six feet. You know, they were just these huge yeah. six foot stone walls. And it was cool in there, like a cave, you know, so it's really hot outside. Then you go in these rooms. But the church, the cathedral part, they had been renovating it. So there was nothing in it. And it was just this huge stone church. When you looked up at the ceiling, there was lights around like the there was a, a small opening at the top. And there were windows. And when you looked up, there were plants growing all up in there. So it's almost like a little bit of a, there was like a little, I don't know, it was green and lush and it was humid. And you could just lay on the floor. So after hiking all day, miles and miles through the mountains, and then just, I would just remember laying on that cathedral floor and just feeling so relaxed, so at peace. I can't just close my eyes and I can be right there wow. right now. It was just a beautiful moment. How fantastic. Oh, I love that. I can almost take myself back there as well. <laughs> Hyatt, what about you? Have you got a Camino story for us? Yeah, mine's probably not as beautiful. Um, the first day we started out, would that have been what was that San Sebastian? No, not San Sebastian. What's the what's who's that? Soto de Luenia or whatever. So we were there, and unfortunately, I mean, I had, I hadn't felt great all morning, like stomach sickness, and felt terrible all day, all morning, all morning. And I think right before we started, I think I think I threw up. And I mean, I was in, I had a terrible, I don't know what I had, but I had like this one day stomach bug. And I just remember, you know, I went on a walk and I, I somehow made it through the first, I mean, the first two days were probably two of the hardest days on the Camino. I just remember starting that trick off, trip off sick, unfortunately fighting back and pulling through and being able to walk with my family for the first two days, not having to take a cab or anything and, and just wait on them while they walk. So I was glad I could persevere through and uh, make it fight, fight the sickness and be all right. So, yeah. Fantastic. And you, you, you felt the reward at the end of the day that you toughed it out. Yeah, hundred percent. I remember, you know, either I, I remember on the first day, I think like pretty much immediately going to sleep as soon as I got mm -hmm. to wherever we were, you know, yeah, because I think like y'all like I think y'all like went to the beach, and I think I I didn't go anywhere near the beach. I think I stayed in. I think we rented a small hotel or pension, whatever you want to call it, and I think I just stayed there and yeah slept. Yeah, you're bright and ready to go the next day. What about you, Kate? Tell us a Camino story. Oh my gosh, it has been impossible trying to pick one, mm -hmm. just because after I'll say two and a half trying to like cultivate all of them and, and pick one, but I've got to choose, I think one that like just changed my life forever. So this is back in 2021 when I started the, the Frances, you know, this is September 17th. It's kind of the end of the summer season. Lots of the kids, lots of the 
the teenagers and the young adults have have left uh they've gone to their jobs and they've gone to college so i'm walking around and i'm like oh no uh maybe this is a bad idea but a bad time i'm not gonna know anybody my age um and i'm kind of freaking out but then slowly by slowly i'm making my first camino family and i owe them the world they are still some of the most incredible people that i know and uh but i i, I am quite a bit younger than them that like dynamic is just a little bit different but i'm not complaining i was so happy to be there happy to find some people near my age um and it isn't until Burgos which is about day 10 or so and all of a sudden I'm greeted with with a a kid that seems to be about a year or two older than me it just happened to be that the stars were aligned that we meet on this night because of him I was able to meet the most incredible Camino family that I owe lots and lots of my memories to and some of my best characteristics as well. And so just because of that one night in Burgos that I happened to introduce myself, because you know, on the Camino, you kind of have to like hyper introduce yourself to everybody. You have to see what everybody has. Yeah. I chose, uh, I either had to, ta- I had to choose to stay behind and stay with this one Camino family that had so graciously taken me in, um, or do I walk ahead? Do I, do I go on and really leave leave everybody that I've known because you know if you start one more day early you're in an entirely different new yeah you know, ecosystem yeah <laughs> you're seeing new things by yourself you're meeting new people and so it's that decision that was life-altering and I I think back to that whenever I I question um you know what was I supposed to find on the Camino um I found it all within that within that decision to go ahead you can do it you uh you can do a day and a half, 40K, and then do it again the next day. And uh, chased my friend down, and uh, he introduced me to four more of the best people that I've like ever met in my entire life. Then they introduced me to this other like community family. It was just the absolute best way that anything could have happened. And I think that when you have no expectations, you have absolutely nothing to lose and everything 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 to gain and so what I want to tell my mom and my brother is go in with no expectations you know I see a lot of people they wait until they're getting a divorce to go do the commuter to find themselves they wait until they lose someone in their life and I say go now expect nothing walk on the grounds because you want to walk do not look under the rocks for answers um, you're going to find exactly what you need and it's going to be right there uh, waiting for you. And I think that with an open mind and open heart, emphasis on the heart, um, you're going to find exactly what you're looking for. And that's just what happened uh, to me as I decided to walk on and meet the best people that I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> what a great story. Oh, Kate, that was absolutely magic. Indeed, it was magic from all of you, Gaffneys. It's been such an honour and a pleasure to talk to you all. Congratulations, Tim and Corey, for making dreams come true. And Hyatt and Kate, congratulations for you, and thanks for being so kind to me, and most importantly, to each other and to your parents. Thank you all for taking the time to talk to me. It's been absolutely wonderful. I've really, really enjoyed it. 
I feel like we've got to know you individually and as a family. And that takes great courage on your part to share and care. And I really, really appreciate it. Buen Camino. Buen Camino, my friend. Buen Camino. Buen Camino, Dan. My guests this week were the Gaffney family, parents Tim and Corey, daughter Kate, son Hyatt. What a wonderful story of love and light. Brad Henry is an American politician. He was governor of Oklahoma for a while. He said, families are the compass that guide us. They are the inspiration to reach great heights and our comfort when we occasionally falter. Amen to that. I'm going to leave you with Tim's song, Heartbeat of the Stars. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week with another episode of My Camino. Until then, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino.
Walk each other home.